0: YoMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 45 of YoMTG Taps. This is Big Head Joe. I'm sitting here with my main man.
0: Uh, this is Joey Pasco. What's up? How's it going, guys? I'm uh, I'm I'm a little stuffy today, so I think I'm, I might take uh, a back seat as as far as like talking a lot, but that gives Joe an opportunity to talk, and yeah. everybody loves that.
1: Yeah, when when when, uh, when me and you hang out, you don't get to be in the back seat too often. So that's true because he's the one who drives. I don't drive a car, so <laughs> so. Uh, we got some pretty cool stuff to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the StarCityGames.com Open Series, which hit Boston, Massachusetts, this past weekend. We had a local guy top eight, so that was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, Kurt Spice, who uh, also was a Maryland State champion, Maryland State and he champion. played a very similar deck. His uh, blue white, what is it? Broliferate, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call it? It's a blue white control deck like that. Exploits proliferate. So they yeah. call it proliferate, and it's got um, the uh, like Luminarch Ascension. It, it's Contagion Clasp, Everflowing Chalice, Frost Titan, Luminarch Ascension, Condemn into the Royal Mana Leak, Negate, Gideon Jura, Jace Beller and Jason Mind Sculptor, Day of Judgment, Preordained. So basically, it's blue I control with kind of like three main deck Luminarch Ascensions, and then two Contagion Clasps, and then the sideboard has another Luminarch Ascension. Um, and really that's the only other thing I think that kind of capitalizes on Proliferate. It's got like Bane Slayers and Volition Reigns, Flash Freeze, Into the Royal Negate, Spell Pierce, Day of Judgment, and one copy of uh, Revoke Existence. So, um, But it, apparently it works. It's basically on the whole Luminarch Ascension plan. And in a metagame that's kind of starting to be more uh, balanced towards, he- or heavier on the... Control deck side of things, you know. There's more and more people are playing control. Um, you know, this Luminar Ascension's a decent answer to that, especially main deck.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know it's pretty good. Um, I got to watch his finals match. Um, most yeah. of it. He came in sixth. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. 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 That's great. It's really good.
0: congrats to him.
1: Yeah, Curdy Spice. Yeah, but
0: uh, also congrats to Dan Jordan, who actually won the event. This is his second standard win in a row. Oh, that's right. He won, uh, you know, last week, or or whenever it was, last event uh, in Charlotte. And uh, playing the same deck, red, blue, green, control. Uh, Second place was Lawrence Swayze, and also playing the same deck, uh, red, blue, green, control. Third place, Josh Herr. Uh, was playing blue black mimic control, which is kind of the deck that uh Jerry Thompson had been pushing uh I think he played it last week in charlotte and i i'm not sure, but I believe he may have played it again this week um it's basically blue black control with um, mimic vats and abyssal persecutors over like the uh trinket mage package, which Nick Spagnolo is pushing and personally i haven 't played with both decks i 've played with the Spagnolo version, and I really love the trinket mage chalice uh, brittle effigy and elixir of uh, immortality kind of package so i i don 't know you know i 'm going to try this version. I do obviously love mimic Vat, as plenty of people already know, but uh <laughs> I haven't tried this this particular version, but that came in third place. Vampires in fourth place, showing up again, you know, reaching from the grave. <laughs> Right.
1: <laughs> read the vampire I, I want to know what's, what the, what the list is cuz I ran like a vampire esque list um at FNM and it was pretty fun I, I was just like I just wanted to play an aggro deck that like I could have fun with and doesn't
0: die to doomblade
1: doesn't die to doomblade
0: <laughs> so uh this is Caleb Durward's list fourth place um three blade of the bloodchief 4 Bloodgas, 4 Bloodthrown Vampire, 3 Gatekeeper of Malakir, 4 Kalastria highborn. which, by the way, uh, John Medina tweeted that it's... that it was going up, like, in price on MTGO, which is funny. Um, 4 Pawn of Ulamog, 4 Pulse Tracker, 4 Vampire Lacerator, 4 Viscera Seer, and uh, 4 Vendetta, as the uh, as the only spells that aren't creatures or equipment. Um... Yeah, sideboard another gatekeeper, a two skin render, four dark tutelage, and a sideboard. Um, One disfigure, four doomblade, three smother. What was your list like?
1: My list was um, four vampire um, lacerators. It was four vampire hexmage, four vampire nighthawk, uh, three necrogen scutter, um, three malachir blood witch. Um it sounds quite different than this list, yeah, no, it and he, was very, he's
0: not playing vampire well, see, Hawk, I
1: also was running oh that's really strange,
0: yeah I, don't, uh, I mean I, the list is wrong, but i don't it's not here on the
1: list. I was also running like lots of hand disruption, I was running four main deck duress, two inquisition to Kozilek. yeah um f- uh i think three mind rots um I so was,
0: it sounds more like it doesn't sound as aggro as it wasn't obviously. it was
1: kind of like you know stick a couple dudes, get in for some early damage, disrupt their hand, and then, like, you know, drop, like, a Blood Witch or something, or, like, even the Scudders were good. You know what I what mean? What is that one again? It's a 3-3 three, three flyer. It's not even... It's, like, a horror or something. It's a 3-3 three, three flyer for 3, for a black and 2. When it enters the battlefield, you lose 3 life. Mm. Kind of more of, like, a Suicide Black thing, actually. Because, yeah. like, I kept lose, I kept making myself lose a lot of life. Like, I would get myself down to, like, 9 life between, like, um, the Scudders and... There was a single copy of Dark Tutelage in there as, like, my fourth sign in blood.
0: I um, see. Because
1: I was just like... Uh, why not try it? Yeah, I, was, I never drew it, and I always <laughs> cited it out. <laughs> but, Because um, I was like, well, what do I side out? Well, I got one of these. Throw that out. Yeah. Like, so I never actually got to figure out if it was any good. But, uh... It wasn't a bad choice because, you know, my curve was pretty low. Like, I had three five-casting cost cards, and if I was drawing a Blood Witch, I was gaining life off of that anyway. So, like, I wasn't going to lose five, all five, for the turn. Um, oh, Sidon Bloods also made me lose life, so that right. was like you know. It's interesting
0: though because again, like uh, like I was saying about Luminarch Ascension, with more and more control decks, the loss of life isn't as significant. Mm-hmm. And then also more poison decks, the yeah. loss of life is not significant. I mean, yeah. You mentioned losing to a poison deck a couple of minutes ago, yeah. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. It's anyway, a fun deck, but, uh, but I mean, it's kind of like. So what if you lose? You make yourself lose ten life because they're not doing anything to you. The other thing
1: I, I ran in the deck was I ran two tumble magnets, which was pretty. That's neat. right.
0: I remember you say, saying I,
1: that. I was having. Fun. I had fun. I had a good time. I, went, I wound up going three two at F and M. was good for eighth place. I got five packs open to cough. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, then I sold it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool too. Yeah. So good times. Um,
0: but that's interesting, as interesting uh rogue build, right? Yeah, I
1: I, I I I needed to do
0: something because I'm you know I I hope was hoping we were getting uh yeah. gonna get into this. But you said uh you say I, I'm
1: I'm misjudged. I misjunned. Like <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm not really too excited about standard right now. I don't know if it's because the PTQ season is limited and I've enjoyed this limited format I think more than more than any at least since Rise Draft. Rise Draft was really fun, but then, like, you know, I've been playing this Limited format more than any other, I think. Um, and I'm actually really having fun with Limited and starting to, starting to take it a little more seriously and starting to want to explore it a little more thoroughly. Um, and coupled with the fact that right now, Standard isn't the most interesting format to me right now. Just, yeah. just because, I don't know, it's like, it feels like A lot of nothing, and then someone plays a titan, and then someone either answers it or dies. Like yeah,
0: and that's I think somebody used the term, and I feel like it was somebody like Mark Rosewater or somebody in R and D. But like they said, it's like battle cruiser magic. I think this was back when Rise of the Eldrazi was being mm -hmm. released, so it was kind of uh, you know this idea that everybody's just playing with these giant creatures, like one giant creature or something, and and like you said. uh, Either you answer it or you lose. Right. And for some reason, that, no matter... You know, even though everybody's playing with different giant creatures, like you've got Warm Coil Engine and I've got Primeval Titan and Michael Jacob wants to play Inferno Titan and whatever, and, but then somebody plays Frost Titan and then just taps down whatever your battle cruiser happens to be, and that's why Frost Titan is so good right now, because, yeah. you know, you can go ahead and go Primeval Titan, get two lands, but that's all you're getting out of him because I'm going to tap him every turn now and hopefully you play another Eldrazi Battlecruiser at some point, use those lands to do that. That's, it, of course, how that deck can combat uh, Frost Titan. But, yeah, like, it's that's what makes Frost Titan good because Frost Titan takes care of just that other Battlecruiser, I guess yeah. if you want to put it that way. But if somebody's playing, you know, two four fours, he can only deal with one of them.
1: Now, now let me, let me be clear. I'm not
0: bitching. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, you're just expressing your opinion. I'm not bitching.
1: So- you know, I'm not. Um, you know, it's just like, it just doesn't excite me right now. So that's why I had to build something like that random black vampires-ish right. deck. Because I needed something that I would have fun playing that would be exciting for me to play in, in the format. And like to try I mean again, like I didn't want to go the battle cruiser route because then I just died of a frost titan. Although I wound up dying to a frost titan. But um
0: <laughs> How did that happen? Because I was just thinking frost titan doesn't seem so good when you've got multiple creatures, but maybe because you weren't as aggro, maybe because you only had a couple guys out? I think that I think what happened
1: was Travis basically had had the burn spells to deal with my excess creatures. You know what I mean? So he had the bolts. I think he drew, like, three bolts the one game, you know? So, like, you know, he had bolts, so he used them, and... Yeah. Pyroclasm's pretty good against strategies like that, you know? Yeah.
0: There's Pyroclasm and Ratchet Bomb, both, you know, two casting cost spells that can get you a two-for-one or more uh, against, like, these weenie strategies, and then, you know, so people are kind of going with these battle cruiser strategies and it just it makes, kind of makes the game feel very one dimensional
1: you yeah. know,
0: like it's like everybody's just going to try to win with this one big creature, and if you don't then you're just going to get caught by pyroclasms and ratchet bombs you know, right. and it's, it's kind of it's, it's almost like the standard format's wide open you can play any titan you want <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is. Like, it is,
1: and, and, and that's not. I mean, it's not a really bad thing. You know, it's just kind of a thing. It's it is what it is. So now you have to either adapt or die.
0: You there know? Is, there's still there's you know you can play a control deck and your Titan. You can play a ramp deck into your Titan. You can play a combo deck, pyro, uh, Pyromancer's Ascension. Um, which doesn't necessarily have to run Titans, but can become a blue-red control deck with Titans, as uh, Patrick Chapin was advocating on our podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, so, like, there are different options. You can play Elves and lose to Ratchet Bomb if you can't, if you don't draw into your Eldrazi Monument quick enough, which you can. Or you can play like Genesis Wave, kind of things like that. So there's way there's a lot of options, but they almost all seem like like, they all kind of culminate in the same thing. Like, I'm either going to ramp to my Titan before you, or I'm going to control the game and play my Titan, uh, you know, maybe at the same time as you, or right after you, but then I'm going to take care of your Titan and then just win with mine. That's, you know, the control deck. So, or, or you're playing some sort of, like, aggro strategy that gets in without, uh, you know, without playing the Titans like Elves, or Artifact Red Aggro as uh, Michael Farrell was playing and Matt Mulholland, who both top-aided the Star City Boston event. And uh, Artifact Red Aggro, I thought it was a strange name, so we took a look at it. It's goblins with uh, a bunch of artifacts. So I think it's kind of funny that they called it Artifact Red Aggro because the only creatures that aren't goblins are one Molten-Tail mastacor and four Memnites. And then it's like Goblin Bushwhacker, Goblin Chieftain, Goblin Guide, and Spike-Shot Elder. Like, four of all of those except for Spike Shot, which is a three of. That sounds like Goblins. <laughs> it sounds Goblin esque to me. Like, they could have called it, like, Goblins with Machines or goblin- Goblins with Guns or something. I don't know. Something more creative than Artifact Red Aggro, right? Like, I don't know who names these deck lists. Like, I don't that know if it's. suck. Like,. I don't know if it's the, the players, because I know the players sometimes, you know, that you, there's that field on the, on the deck sheet, the registration sheet, yeah. like, what's the name of this deck? as I remember when you played Jund in one of the, uh, it, what was it, one of the Philadelphia events, you said it was, what, red, black, green, mid-range? Mid-range,
1: mid-range aggro or something <laughs> yeah. like that, red, black, green, mid-range aggro.
0: So maybe that was what this was, like, I'm not calling it goblins. It's yeah. Artifact Red Aggro. Yeah,
1: well, they could have, yeah, maybe they were being funny, I hope. Like, the funny
0: thing, though, is when you click it, the deck name comes up as Kaldaltha Red. Oh. So maybe. I don't know where the Artifact Red Aggro name came from, but that's what happens when you click the actual list.
1: If I had to register my Fairies deck that I played in, uh, for Extended this weekend, uh-huh. um, I would have called it Tina Fey.
0: There you go. That's
1: good, I like it. Cause, and I think that's what I'm actually going to call my Fairies list, is Tina Fey. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's great. The F.A.E., of course.
0: Pretty cool. I like it. So, um... But anyway, yeah, so that's that seems like how Standard is shaping up. I'll, I will say, I like this particular Standard way more than I liked it this time last year. Now, this time last year, Jund was just starting to show up as, like... Like, people knew what Jund was already, but people were just starting to realize maybe this deck is
1: lay nuts.
0: Going to be like all it's it's starting to be everywhere. You know, it was before it people were really like Jund is everywhere, oh, this sucks. It was like kind of like maybe where red red blue green control is right now, where it's like, hmm, it won the last event, it won this event and it was there were two of them in the finals. Is this is this going to be a problem or is this going to be something that gets answered in the next few weeks where because before it was uh it was primeval Titan decks and so I don't even think both of these lists uh, run. Primeval Titan.
1: I think and I think they need to ban all the Titans, <laughs> and they need to ban uh, Explore, and they need to ban uh, Colony Heart Expedition, and they need to ban Worm Coil Engine, and they need to. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, now like I don't know if this is you know, I don't know if this was just corrected, but a, a couple minutes ago. I said that uh, Dan Jordan won with red, blue, green control in a mirror match in the finals. But now the the finals, the second place list now says it's blue, green, vengevine. So I maybe that was just a mistake and it was just corrected. I hadn't looked at the list, but it's uh, oh. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I looked at that list and it didn't seem. It doesn't like have any it. red
0: in it. But it's got a clone in it.
1: It does have a clone. <laughs> like when I was looking at when I was when I was looking at the top eight lists last night, mm-hmm. I was like, hmm. I was like, red blue green versus red blue green. And I'm looking at one of the lists. I don't think I saw what place it was in. I'm like, I wonder which one won. I'm like, I'm guessing it was the one without clone. <laughs> like kind of like kind of just kind of snarky. I was just thinking to myself, like, I guess it was the one without clone that won.
0: But that, that's a really interesting metagame choice, right? Battle Cruiser Magic, like, sure, I'm going to play one that's cheaper than yours, uh-huh. and it's going to be the same one you have, and if I can deal with yours, now I've got a Frost Titan or whatever. Yeah, so that's uh,
1: interesting. It
0: is, but it's funny now, this one's called Blue Green Vengevine, because as far as I'm concerned, although it does play for Vengevine, that doesn't seem like the the focus of the strategy, it just seems like another cog in the machine. right. You know? It's got Acidic Slime, one Avenger of Zendikar, four Birds of Paradise, one Clone, four Fauna Shaman, four Frost Titan, four Lotus Cobra, three Nest Invader, and four Vengevine, four Jace the Mind Sculptor, three Garrick Wildspeaker, and then Forest Islands, and fetch Lands and such. So, uh... But it's it's kind of... It's like... I want to play Ramp, but I also want to play Vengevine and Fauna Shaman. <laughs> and Jace. So, like, that's kind of what it looks like. It's It's... Interesting that it actually did so well because it almost, I guess, it all works together pretty well. But it seems like two different kinds of it does it want to be mid range, you know, or does it want to ramp? It's got you know the lotus cobras in here, but it doesn't have like explore and preordain, so it's not, it's not like doing that kind of thing, it's not really ramping in that way. But it's got nest invaders, so and birds of paradise, so it's kind of trying to accelerate. Interesting Hmm. list. So, so not exactly a mirror match, uh, as far as being a red-blue-green control list. Sorry about that. Um, I guess
1: we're a little late on saying, get your Frost Titans, huh?
0: <laughs> a little bit. Just, did we miss that one? Yeah. Did we miss the vote there? That's not our thing, though. You know, we don't, I think that was, was at that Deck Builder Radio at the yeah. end, they'd always be like, get your... What is it this week? Uh, River Kelpies. And for a short <laughs> while, they
1: actually had the Get Your podcast.
0: Was that them? Like, that was oh that's right. Them. It was that that's right they because split they split off. off, but then that never happened. So did, that's like, where that name percent. came from. Yeah. did it never even occurred to me until you just said that. Yeah, it was the same guys. So well I mean I knew it was the same guys, but I never thought of that's where the name came from. I was kind of like, What kind of name is get your dot 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 you know ellipses podcast? Uh huh. Um but there were only there was only like one or two episodes of it. Yeah. It's too bad that
1: like those um, guys needed to do more. They
0: were yeah, really great. They were they were one of my favorite podcasts, mm-hmm. but uh, both Deck Builder Radio and Get Your uh, even though it was kind of the same guys. Like right they said so. They both stopped, right? Yeah. As far as I know, I haven't seen them on the uh on the MTG Gas network anymore, and that's guys, yeah. if
1: you're listening, do more podcasts. You yeah. guys should use Skype and just call each other. Come on, get Deck Builder back together.
0: Right on. Yeah, apparently Star City has updated their, their decklist names because now the Artifact Red Aggro list all say Kuldotha Red now. So oh. in the f- last few minutes while we we're recording, they've changed the deck list names. Oh, well, <laughs> so, that's good. Yeah, although they did not call Curdy Spice's deck Proliferate. No? <laughs> they really should have. And it's called it Blue White Control? Or yeah, what? it's just Blue White Control, but it's like, it's not the typical Blue White Control. Anyway, uh, on to the Legacy Portion, which we just wanted to uh, to mention.
1: Survival's still the best card in
0: Legacy. Blue-Green Survival was the winner. Um, Jerry Thompson, playing Ooze Survival, uh, came in second place. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, Necrotic yeah. Ooze. Yeah, basically the uh, the two copies of Necrotic Ooze main deck. Can, can you do me a favor? No. How does Lion's Eye Diamond work? I don't it's understand a, it. You play it for zero, and you sacrifice it to discard... You sacrifice it and discard your hand, and you get... A uh, black Lotus of any one color, and you play this ability as a mana source. Like, uh, how
1: does that work? Seriously, like, like, like you have to you have to discard as part of the cost. Right, right. So, like, I mean, like, I understand why it's good, but I just don't understand what you use it for. Like, I can't, I don't get it for some reason.
0: I I haven't ever played with the card, so honestly, I've never given it any thought. <laughs> I just, I know, I read it, and I was like, oh, I see. It's like a a variant for Black Lotus. Right. I, mean, I, can, I never thought about how it combos out, but I think it has to do with, you know, being able to throw a bunch of stuff in the graveyard that's in your hand. But like you said, like what are you doing with that mana if you have nothing in your hand anymore? Somebody will tell us. I'm sure not just somebody, but several people will tell us. Please, please tell fine. us because yeah. I
1: want to know because yeah.
0: never really thought about it.
1: I I just I I mean I I totally get why it's a good card. I've just never been like, okay well then so then I use that mana for
0: but no, seriously, one of the uh, more interesting lists... Actually, two very interesting lists in the Legacy event. Now, they didn't top eight, but uh, in 88th place, Carl Godone is playing Poison. Poison? Yeah. So the Poison list looks... It looks a lot like a standard list, except it's got, like, Noble Hierarchs, Rancor, and then some various uh, pump spells from other, uh, from other sets that are non-standard. It's, uh, it's playing Livewire Lash. Um, which is a scars of and rare. It's equipment for two and equips for two. The equipped creature gets plus two plus O. And has whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell, this creature deals two damage to target creature or player. So the obvious idea, which now you you lost to poison in F and M playing this card. Yes. And so I guess they you know, basically
1: just target their creature. With a bunch of spells. Like pump spells pump mostly. Pump spells mostly. One of them is often distortion strike in standard. Yeah. And then their creature's unblockable. They've dealt like maybe four poison to you already just from targeting their creature and then getting the direct damage from the live wire lash. Yeah. And if you've taken one or two poison throughout the game, all of a sudden there's you're at like seven or eight poison and they're swinging with like a four... Like power or greater creature. And it's unblockable. And it's unblockable.
0: Or like, or or the distortion strike catches you on the rebound. Yeah. Right? Because like, even if they only do it, even if they don't kill you that one turn, next turn they target the same creature with the live wire lash with the distortion strike on the rebound, do another two poison to you. If that doesn't kill you, they're swinging with another unblockable creature.
1: I think I might um, build
0: that list. (laughs) No, I think I might, I think I
1: might, like, Start entertaining the idea of playing a poison deck, because I'm yeah. really liking it. I, I, I just, you know, I always like to go a little outside of the norm.
0: I think it's there in standard, but, I mean, you can look at this legacy list for just ideas, and then just try to... Port it. To Yeah, try to port it. I mean, really, what what is uh, is missing? Noble Hierarch. You could play Birds of Paradise if you want. I don't know if no, the acceleration the is. Exalted that's what I'm saying. I don't know if the acceleration is as important as the exalted. But uh, this list doesn't play Distor- distortion strike. But I think that's one of the best uh, ways to play with poison. Um, it's got plague stinger, putrefax. It's got virulent sliver in it. So that's a card. Obviously, you can't play in uh, in in standard. But <clears throat> it doesn't really play any other slivers. So it's really just a one-one poisonous creature right it's got rancor which you obviously can't play invigorate which is uh perfect for a poison deck except unfortunately you can't play it in Legacy. i mean you can't play it in standard um that's a green and two more instant if you control a forest rather than pay invigorate's mana cost you can have an opponent gain three life so three of course, irrelevant life right three re- irrelevant life so the creature gets plus four plus four until end of turn that's really cool in this list and then uh Wild Might is great in this list, too. It's uh, it's one of those rustic kind of uh, mechanic spells from, uh, what is it, Nemesis or Prophecy? Mm. Uh, yeah, Prophecy. It's a green and one. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Not really that good. No. Except that uh, that creature gets an additional plus four, plus four until end of turn, unless any player pays two. So it's kind of like you play it... At almost the same kind of time, you'd want to play like a mana leak, like when they're tapped out,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> or when they obviously can't pay for it. So you are like getting plus five, plus five.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome.
0: Uh, so so it's a really neat list, and yeah, seriously, as far as like standard goes, you could definitely play something like this in the standard. Play the distortion strikes. Play more live wire lashes because I think that's great. Like the the fact that you can. Just hit them for poison damage without even attacking. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Um, and rebound spells with the Live Wire Lash specifically. Because mm-hmm. you get two hits off of it. So, I, I don't know. I would go with the... Uh, definitely with the Distortion Dragon Live Wire Lash idea. If you're thinking about that kind of thing. Um, the other Legacy deck, which was really cool, is called Cheerios... And this is uh Mark Agel or Mark Agle, Mark Agel, pick your poison. <laughs> uh, he's playing a deck with all zero casting cost creatures, and then Beastmaster Ascension, Garrick, uh Glimpse of Nature, Sprout Swarm, which I don't even know what that does. Oh, it's got Convoke and it, you put a plus I mean you put a uh one one green saperling creature token into play, and it's got buyback. So you know, pump out, pop out a bunch of creatures, but the idea I guess is Beastmaster Ascension in Legacy is actually good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it didn't make top 8. It didn't even make top 32. It came in, what, 97th? Ninety seven. Yeah. But, but it's still a
1: cool strategy. It, yeah.
0: He's got Memnites, Ornithopters, Phyrexian Walkers, Crimson Co- Kobolds. For, Phyrexian uh, Walker was the
1: zero three, 3 right? For, yeah. For 0? For
0: uh, yeah, it's a 0-3 for 0. Yep. But it's fun when you attack with it with a Beastmaster Ascension, yeah. And it's like because it's not a wall; it's just a zero two yeah. for zero. It's not. No, it's not a defender. So I've yeah. I've
1: played the card before, yeah. because um, I actually when I was in Texas, um, you know, like I said, like my time in Texas. I guess we haven't done part two of the, uh, of the uh, our
0: part of, one, right? of our
1: journey to this point. Um, which will actually be a way more interesting, uh, story, I think, given, like, what's happened in the last year. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> I think, like, if we go back and do that, like, that should be included. Yeah, why not? But, um, I was, you know, uber casual out there, and I built a 40-card deck at one point with zero lands. Yeah. And I wanted to, you know what I mean? I was like, I want to play a deck with zero lands, and it was just, like, a whole bunch of zero casting cost artifacts, and, like... <laughs> There were, um, was that one? There was that one? Dark Sphere or whatever from the Dark or something like that? Like, the one that you, like, sacrificed it to prevent, like, half of a source's damage? (laughs) 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 But, like, but it ran the walkers and the ornithopters and, God, if only there were Memnites back then. And then it was also kind of an affinity strategy, too. Yeah. You know, it was, it was fun. But, anyway...
0: Yeah, this list is really neat. I mean, the obviously it just tries to max out on 0 casting cost creatures. And then the Beastmaster Ascension. But it's got some neat synergies in that it's got a... Glimpse of Nature, which is a sorcery that says whenever you play a creature spell this turn, draw a card. So how good that is, it, it just costs one green. You just you drop a forest, play that, and then you start dropping a bunch of creatures on turn one and drawing cards so you're refilling your hand. Um... It's got a crop rotation, which is a a green instant for one green. And uh, you sacrifice a land, search your library for a land, and put that into play. So now your forest becomes a Gaius Cradle, which taps for uh, as many number of creatures you control. Which is ridiculous, too, because... So, (laughs) turn one... I'm just trying to think of a Magical Christmas Land version with this deck, right? So turn one, forest... Tap it. Uh,
1: glimpse of Nature. Play Glimpse of
0: Nature. Play out a bunch of creatures. Refill your hand. Draw into an Elvish Spirit Guide, which uh, doesn't cost zero, but it has the ability, uh, if it's in your hand, you can remove it from the game to add a green. Mm-hmm. So now you remove the Elvish Spirit Guide from the game, add a green, play crop rotation, Get uh, sacrifice your tapped forest, and put a Gaia's Cradle in the play. Tap that for however much you want. You know, play like a Beastmaster Ascension, a Garrick, both. <laughs> I don't know. It's just uh, you now. Suddenly, turn one, you're just kind of got a lot of neat things happening, and I, obviously, uh, your creatures don't have haste. But turn two, you're gonna activate that Ascension. I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to construct a turn one win here, but I'm just trying to think of some of the things that you could do on turn one. It just seems like a fun deck. Yeah. It, it seems like it's all in, right? Like, if if, if it doesn't work, it's just... It's really, it's not going to work. Yeah.
1: Then they go turn one, right of flame, pyroclasm. Good, nice deck.
0: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> your Phyrexian Walker lives. Oh, yeah, that's true. But
1: he's not going to activate the Ascensional all by his so That's true.
0: So, uh, so those were the, uh... Those were the top decks from uh, the Star City Open in Boston. Um... Pretty exciting. Uh, in other news, a couple weeks ago, some of you might have noticed that on DailyMTG.com, they announced that Magic T-shirts are available on SwagDog.com. Which I don't know if any of you uh, any any of you guys have been interested in getting Magic T-shirts, but I've for years been looking for one with the blue mana symbol on it because I know they're available. They were for sale at some point, probably in the '90s, maybe in the early 2000s, but. Uh, They are really hard to find. Well, they were available on Swag Dog, so immediately I placed an order. And uh, I just got the shirts. I got a a Planeswalker symbol shirt and a Blue Mana symbol shirt. And the cool thing about them is, like, they... To people who know what the symbols mean, they're like, cool, it's a Magic the Gathering shirt. People who don't know, it doesn't, like, scream, like, I'm a geek at all, you know? It's just, like... If somebody sees, like, a blue mana symbol, I'm just tell them it's, like, the conservation... Water conservation department or something. Yeah, air
1: trees, water animals. That was Charles Manson's thing.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll just say that. Atla. (laughs) So, uh... And then the Planeswalker symbol, of course, is just this symbol, kind of... Nobody really would know what it is. So, that's kind of cool. I like those shirts. They also have the the Mirren and Phyrexian symbols. Um, So, check them out. Just a heads up, though. Uh... I think... Of course, I haven't gotten a straight answer, but... They have on there that custom T-shirts take, like, one to four weeks to ship. And I was like, well, these aren't custom shirts. I'm not getting my name on the back or something. Um, so I just assumed they would ship within a couple of days, but they didn't actually ship until, I think, uh, this past Thursday. So I ordered them October 19th, and they shipped on uh, November 4th. So, you know, two weeks before they shipped. Um, if it would have just said... Sh- these shirts don't ship for one to four weeks. I probably wouldn't have been so aggravated, but I was kind of like, "What is going on? My shirt my order just says like processing."
1: You're just used to ordering from Amazon, and I'm sure that like they got I, a lot of orders at that point. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they like, might have.
0: And and that's true. I'm not saying like it, I wasn't trying to be impatient. Right. Or I was I don't feel like I was being impatient because I was just responding to expectations set by any other vendor I've ordered from. Like most online vendors if they have the product in stock, they ship within a day or two. Right. So, you know, I order on like a Tuesday at like 1 a.m. or whatever and, uh, you know, it's Friday and the order still says processing. I'm like, that's kind of weird. And then I check like the next week and it still says processing and I send them an email and the girl writes me back saying, this should ship today. I'll let you know. And then I I don't hear back. I don't get the shirts. It still says processing and I (laughs) email them again. So it's like, why is this even an ordeal? It should just say, like, shirts will take one to four weeks to ship or something like that. One to four weeks, that's a heck of a range, though, for, for one thing. I think they could do better. But in, in the end, the point is I got the shirts. They just took a little longer. So anybody who has ordered shirts or is planning on order the, ordering the shirts, just know that they could take a, a month or something to get to you. And that way you don't need to, like...
1: Bug them like you did?
0: Yeah, bug them like I did. <laughs> or just feel, feel like, you know, you're getting... Shafted, because you're like, why aren't you shipping the item I ordered two weeks ago? Uh, also, we want to welcome longtime friend of the show, Alexander Shearer. Yes, Alexander Peter Jund
1: just got uh, added to Star City Games. Alexander Jund. <laughs> oh, did I say that? Oh, my bad.
0: He's uh, he, he also writes for Channel Fireball, so he's doing uh, both... He's a column... He's doing a column for Star City and a column for Channel Fireball. Both- he also blogs at giftsungiven.com. Uh, we wanted to mention that. Check out his uh, his first article. Um, went up just last week, so... His column is actually called The Field Report. And uh, for those of you who haven't ever read his stuff, he's very, uh...
1: Live from the he- Savage Lands. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to just keep going with these junk jokes. Sorry. Why? Why oh, because uh when we hated on Jund so much he was one of our most vocal uh critics about um about you know, why do you hate this deck so much. You know what I mean? Right. He was one of the, like he was our main like one of our main counterpoints to that argument, you know. Right. And that's great. I love him. But yeah. like it's just, you know, I'm not not gonna let him get away without a little bit of ribbing.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> This particular article is the field report. Uh, Chiba from a thousand feet, and he is kind of known for using a lot of graphs and statistics and things like that, which is really interesting if you if you're into like kind of like looking at the numbers and uh, in, in the data of like what cards appear, how um, how often, and, and just these kind of various things. It's really cool. Um, so check that out. I'll link that uh, article in the show notes. So uh, upcoming events. No more Star City Opens until December. So no more this, this month. But December 3rd through the 5th is the the culmination of the 2010 StarCityGames.com Open Series. It's in Richmond, Virginia. And it's, uh, it's here's the thing, which I didn't realize. There's the Invitational. So anybody who got enough points to be qualified for the Invitational gets to play. But also, it, there's an open event. Oh, wow. So, okay, like, I didn't realize that. people can actually, that, that aren't qualified, can go play in the regular... Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that's great. So there's actually going to be two pretty big standard events going on at the same time. So, yeah, basically, on December 3rd, it's a Friday, at 3 p.m., they have the, uh, the Last Chance Grinders. So it's a 32-player single elimination tournament. First place gets 10-star city points. Second place gets four points, and third and fourth place each get two points. And then uh, on Saturday, December 4th, the doors open at 8 a.m. The $50,000 Invitational starts at 10 a.m., and then the actual standard open also starts at 10 a.m. So there's going to be two standard events happening at the same time. Um, They also have a two-headed giant sealed event at 2 p.m. And then the Legacy Challenge uh, starts... Uh, Well, the registration is at 4, and round 1 starts at 5. That's all on Saturday. On Sunday, the Legacy Open, as usual, will start at 10 a.m. The Star City Draft opens. There's going to be two of those. uh, That one at 9 in the morning and one at 1 p.m. Another two-headed giant sealed. And then they're going to have a bunch of side events, single elimination booster drafts, competitive booster drafts, The uh, uh, constructed tournaments, four-player EDH chaos games, four-player archenemy games. So uh, RK Post is actually going to be there. Oh, wow. So, I mean, this is a big one. Yeah, RK Post is one of the historically best magic artists. Yeah, agreed. Um, I met him. He was a really nice guy. Yeah. Back at Nationals 2005, I must have talked to him for 45 minutes while he was, like, signing other people's cards and, and stuff. I just was standing there and, like... I don't even know how, because I think I went up there like, I don't even know what I'm going to say to him. Like, I just want to ask him to sign and alter my Morphlings. So the Star City event is in December, but before that we have uh, November 12th through the 14th is a TCG player 5K in Austin. And then on the, uh, also the same, same weekend, we have the 13th through the 14th, there's a uh, standard and extended Kentucky Open. The Bluegrass, the Bluegrass Magic Kentucky Open. Mm, yeah. Uh, which is another 5K tournament. So uh, so check those out. Um, we also wanted to announce a contest. Yes. So, so we, it's actually, we've got two contests. They're going to run at the same time. We want to get some more iTunes reviews. Yes. Uh, we've got two right now. Um, and when we say reviews, we don't mean just like rate the show. Uh, actual written reviews. Even if they're just a quick little paragraph. Um, but we want to we get some feedback. We, uh, we get a lot of good feedback, but not on iTunes. So it's right. usually a lot of like email or like Twitter no, but we want to get some of this stuff on the uh, on the iTunes feed. Right. This contest is going to run until December fifth, and we're going to randomly choose one of the iTunes reviews to receive one of the Scars of Mirrodin lunch boxes that are extremely limited and were just sent out as kind of like promo- promotional items. Um, and inside the lunch box will be a YMTG Taps T-shirt and some stickers and some stickers, of course. So. uh... These lunchboxes are pretty cool. They're metal lunchboxes. They say Meriden on them, and uh, and like I said, they're pretty rare. Uh, so here's an important part of that, though. We need to know. How, we need to have a way to contact you, and pretty much on the iTunes review thing, uh, it's just like usernames, but you can't really contact anybody. So what we need you to do, you need to email us after you leave the review and let us know your username on iTunes so that we know, like, who is actually getting the prize. And, it, you know, if if we pick you, we need to have a way to contact you. And we don't need you leaving your email address on the iTunes review. So all you need to do, leave an iTunes review, and then send us an email saying, this is my iTunes username, and I just wrote you a review. Email us at yo Taps at com. Just let us know that you wrote the review, and that way we can contact you if you're the winner. So the other contest that we have is, you know, we've been getting,
1: um, you know, we've been getting a lot of requests for stickers over the last, uh, however long we've had stickers for, um, people have been buying our t-shirts and that's all really cool. It's great. You know, we love, we'll, I think we'll probably always be giving out free stickers all over the world because it's, I I love it. Like I love the fact that like anyone can just send us an email and like we send them some stickers, you know, there's no, you don't have to pay for them or anything. But now that we've done this, it's your turn to show us what you've done with our generosity. Um, so, the contest is we want pictures. Of your YoMTG Taps product placement uh, because I'd like to think I like to think we're pretty good at marketing. So so let's take the product placement and let's see what we've done. Let's see what sort of madness we've created. Um, so we want pictures of you wearing your T-shirts in cool situations. If you've sent us pictures of like you wearing a T-shirt. Or repping reppin your stickers before you can resend those pictures. It's totally right. fine; it counts. But you only get one entry per person. Um, everybody, send a picture of your best representation of your MTG taps. Either with a T-shirt, with stickers. Um, I don't care if you write it on yourself in body paint and then go running across the uh, the you know the White House lawn while the president's giving a speech on national television. Like now,
0: that one might win if, if somebody does that. Yeah. Right. So where do they send their pictures? Uh, they send their pictures, um, actually... Two, I think two ways, right? We can. We would like them posted on Facebook, on our Facebook page, Taps Facebook page. But if you don't have a Facebook, which some, some people, don't. people don't, send it to us through email, and we'll post it on the Facebook page. So out of those entries... Joe's gonna pick a favorite, and I'm gonna pick a favorite, and the winners will get uh, Scars of Mirrodin intro deck and a promo pre release worm coil engine. Basically, two winners will each receive an intro deck and a worm coil engine. So, both of those contests will end December 5th. So, uh, get at it. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, that is everything for this week. We'll be back next week with episode number 46. MTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. Visit our website, IWANTMYMTG.com, for past episodes, t shirts, free stickers, and more. You can contact us at YOMTGTaps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YOMTGTaps.